Our reading today is taken from Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 to 34. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap, or store away any barns, and yet your Father in heaven feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that, knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. This is the word of the Lord. Paul, you're up next. <laughs> Do you want to come forward and I'm going to pray for you? Oh, you've got a video. Let me just pray for you first, though. Father God, we thank you for Paul and for his preparation and thinking and reflection on this passage. And we pray now, Lord, that as he brings us your word, that your spirit would rest upon him. Pray that you would bring life to the words that he speaks, that we might hear your word to us today. Fill us with your spirit and encourage us to respond. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Well, I've got a bit of uh, walk-on music this morning, so... Uh... song I wrote you might want to sing it note for note don't worry be happy in 
Every life we have some trouble But when you worry you make it double Don't worry Be happy Don't worry, be happy now What do you reckon to that one? Anyone remember that one? Yeah, I thought you might uh, Bobby McFerrin sung that. I think it was around in about the late 1980s. It reached number two in the charts in the UK, uh, number one in the States, and uh, it won a Grammy, believe it or not, for the best song of that particular year. Um, but not everyone was convinced uh, by this song with its rather asinine lyrics, Don't Worry, Be Happy. So there was a music critic called The Blender, and he put uh, together a list of the worst 50 songs ever. And he said of this particular song, it's difficult to think of a song more likely to plunge you into suicidal despairing than this. <laughs> There's plenty in our world which uh, causes us to worry, isn't there? On a global scale, uh, we think of the continuing troubles in Ukraine with calls for fighter jets from Ukraine's allies this week and heightened concerns about how this might play out, how might it end. There's cause to worry with the cost of living crisis, putting further strain on our finances. We've got all those below inflation pay deals, low staff morale in some of our key professions. And if it doesn't directly affect us, it will certainly be affecting some of our friends and neighbours, others within the church family. We may have worries which come from our own health struggles or concerns for our families. Worries about the direction the church is taking or the debates in Synod this week about same-sex marriage and the blessing of relationships. Some worried that the church is going too far. Some worried the church is not going far enough. Worries about the future. Maybe fear of death, fear of dying. Don't worry, be happy. I don't think it cuts the mustard, does it? It's not that simple, is it? It comes from a world of make-believe. But maybe that's what Jesus is saying to us in part of what we know as the Sermon on the Mount. He clearly exhorts us not to worry. The next slide, Tim. Do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Simple message, do not worry. And it's not just Jesus, it's Paul writing to the Philippians as well. Do not be anxious about anything. Which one of us here can say we're not anxious or never anxious about anything? It all sounds so easy, but it's not that simple, is it, in practice? And some find it more difficult than others could be that you're here this morning and actually you're really struggling with anxiety at this time. Being told to worry or even hearing a sermon about worry is not what you need. And if you are someone here this morning who's experiencing severe anxiety, uh, do uh, my words and certainly the words of Jesus are not intended to make us feel worse. And we do need to make sure we're getting the relevant professional support. But I think we need to dig beneath the surface of these headlines, do not worry, if we're to find some treasure. Some treasure to help us to live out Jesus' teaching 
as we consider our everyday worries and concerns. And it's important to do that, that we get the context of these particular verses that we've had read to us, part of the Sermon on the Mount. And immediately prior to this section, Jesus has been speaking about money and possessions and challenging people as to where they put their focus. And so Jesus says, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And just after that, no one can serve two masters. You cannot serve both God and money. So it's in that context that Jesus is speaking. And then we move into verse 24, the first of the verses read to us, and it says, therefore, do not worry. Underlying this question of worry is a bigger question. Who or what are we living for? Or where do we put our trust? If we're living for ourselves and we're just out for pursuing material gain, feathering our own nest, then we're not trusting in the one who created us. There's nothing wrong in someone having a degree of material security. Nothing wrong in building up a pension pot. Nothing wrong in ensuring our children are provided for. But if that becomes our primary aim in life, then surely we're becoming rather selfish and inward-looking. We're paying scant regard to the greatest commandment to love the Lord your God with all your heart and mind and soul and strength and to love your neighbour as yourself. If we're truly trusting God for the future and putting his kingdom first, we'll be holding material things lightly. We'll be generous of our resources and we'll live to bless others. Again, not something that is easy. And I have to constantly remind myself to trust God for his provision, however that might come. And to stop comparing my situation to others who might have a more secure future mapped out. And for some people here and those listening at home, issues of finance and provision are even more pressing. Are we prepared to bring those worries and concerns to God? We're reminded in 1 Peter 5 to cast our anxieties onto him because he cares for us. I think it's really important and really significant in this church that we're constantly being reminded of uh, the story of God's people in different parts of the world, particularly from Uganda and Tanzania and, and India. It's interesting, isn't it, that in the Western world, where, relatively speaking, we have great wealth, alongside that we have high levels of anxiety. In the global south, so many are experiencing great poverty, but so often we see a great faith in God, a simple faith that God will provide. In our lives, there are some things we can control and some that we can't. And where we have control, we can act. I don't for one moment believe that Jesus calls us to, to simply uh, sort of sit back and expect 
things to fall into our laps, just to do nothing. But there are times and there are places where we don't have influence, where we don't have control, where we're left feeling vulnerable, where we simply have to trust. Let's go back to that Philippians 4 passage, can we, Tim? Do not be anxious about anything. It doesn't stop there, fortunately. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The first port of call when we're anxious, when worry is consuming us, we're called to look up, to turn to God in prayer. Paul reminds us in every situation, however small, however large, and often that that coming to God in prayer about the things that concern us, uh, it's not just a a one-off thing that we do, because we're often quick to sort of bring things back and keep worrying. And so time and time again, we have to come to God and lay our worries down at Jesus' feet. But as we do so, God works. And God can bring his peace. And many of us here can testify to the ways in which we've known God's peace and continue to go know God's peace in the midst of anxiety. Seek first his kingdom. Look up to God. But we're also called to look around. And as we go back to our gospel reading, Jesus directs his hearers to the birds of the air and the flowers of the field. Seemingly without a care in the world. If God provides for them, how much more will he provide for you? It's not a perfect analogy, of course. Birds can go hungry just like we can. Birds can die for lack of food. But as we look around at God's creation, as we look around at the birds of the air and the flowers of the field, we often get a sense of peace. Here they are just getting on with life, seemingly without a care in the world. Jesus asks us, can any of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? Scientific studies have shown that living in a constant state of anxiety tends to shorten our lifespan. I think observing nature and the beauty of God's creation is one of the many antidotes to worry. God uses the natural world to teach us about his provision and his love. I was talking to someone this week who'd been struggling with anxiety, who'd just taken a trip down to uh, a local, uh, local lake in Somerset and just wandered around and felt a great sense of peace. We're called to look around. But we're also called to look ahead. It's not particularly picked up in these verses, but it's certainly there very clearly within Scripture. That eternal perspective is vitally important as we explore this theme of anxiety. Most, if not all, of the things we worry about are the things of this life. We worry about our finances. We worry about our health. We worry about our family. We worry about security. We focus in on the things which affect us now or might do in our lifetimes. And yet the life that Jesus offers is for now and for all eternity. Life in all its fullness does not stop when we die. 
And in Revelation, we get that wonderful picture of a new heaven and a new earth where there'll be no more death, no more mourning, no more crying, no more pain. And the old order of things will have passed away. We're reminded that God will provide for us in eternity. And our worries now are minuscule in the overall scheme of God's purposes. So maybe we need some perspective. For me, the the key to this passage and this theme, though, is tucked away a few verses earlier than the passage read to us. If we were to go back three further verses to Matthew 6, verse 21, we'd read this. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Just think about that for a moment. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. If we're living for this life alone, how easy it is for worries and concerns to crowd in on us and diminish our experience of life. If our treasure, if those things that are really important to us are just the things of this earth. But if our heart is set on God's kingdom with its eternal dimension, we'll be less prone to worry and more prone to trust in the God who provides. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. I'm sure Bobby McFerrin's song lyrics were a little bit tongue-in-cheek. Don't worry, be happy. It's far too simplistic an approach to life. But not worrying and instead putting our trust in God doesn't make life simple, but it is a path to wholeness and to peace. And so for a few moments now, let's just close our eyes. Let's acknowledge before God any worries that we have at this time. They may feel very trivial to us. They may feel all-consuming. Let's recognise them. Let's acknowledge them. And let's bring them to God. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Lord, we pray that we might know your peace. Help us, Lord, to hand over those things that burden us to you, the one who is Lord of lords and King of kings.
in those situations where we feel completely powerless and totally inadequate. Help us, Lord, to trust you. So meet us by your Holy Spirit now, we pray, Lord God. In Jesus' name, amen.